Blog Talk Radio. Taylor. You can follow me on Twitter at Taylor. You can follow my co-host and my partner in crime on Twitter, Tara Dublin, at Tara Dublin Rocks. And we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter, Taylor Tara Radio. On Twitter, direct your questions and your comments there. That's really the easiest way for us to respond. Um, I'll give you the phone number out. We don't take a whole lot of phone calls on here. If you're a regular listener of the show, you already know that. 323-870-3499 is the number. The chat room is open. You can sign in as a guest or you can sign up for a free blog talk radio account. And that includes a free 30-minute podcast once a week. And it's the real deal. No strings attached. So um always encourage everybody to sign up for a free Block Talk Radio account. We don't make any money off of it, but the people at Block Talk Radio are good people. Um, I was one of the first ones on this platform many moons ago. So um, it's just a, they're good, honest people, and it's free. So if you want to check out podcasting, what better way to do it than to do it live? So much to talk about today. We have a very special guest, White House correspondent, um, writer for Playboy, and editor of uh, Sentinel Newspapers, uh, Brian Karam, is going to be joining us. Tara, how are you this morning on this Friday on this uh, cluster of blank, mm. blank a what? news? <laughs> how, how many different things do we want to talk about all at once? I mean, it's like... How do we prioritize all of the terrible? Which terrible right. thing should we talk about first? It feels like it's been a month since I talked to you on Wednesday, since we last did the show on Wednesday. Wednesday was two days ago. Two. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. the election results. And then, right. and then at the end of Wednesday's show, you and I both said, you know what? 
I'm walking away from Twitter for a few hours. I'm walking away from my phone for a few hours. I need to do something out in the real world. You and I dared to do that, Jason, both of us. And then five hours later, we returned to Jeff Sessions is out. Matt Whitaker is in. People are going to take to the streets. Rod Rosenstein has been leapfrogged over for that position, as even though he should be the rightful acting attorney general. All of that insanity happened. And then you turn, you're trying to process that. And at the same time, uh, Jim Acosta loses his White House hard pass credentials so that he can't do his job as a White House correspondent, which is a big thing that we're going to talk about with Brian Karam later because there are people who are saying stop covering and then there's Brian Karam saying you're not going to get me out of there unless you remove me physically. Um, and then you have the tragedy, the dual tragedy in, in Thousand Oaks, the mass shooting at the Borderline nightclub followed by the massive fires taking place. So um, hellfire is raining upon us from yeah. all sides in mm-hmm. all ways. And we have not even been able to celebrate our blue wave victory that the Republicans want to take away from us. There is a recount in Florida. There will be a recount most likely in, you know, there's the Georgia election has not been settled yet. And it's really, really interesting to me, Jason, to watch Rick Scott and his testicle face go on television and freak out because liberals, liberals are demanding that every vote be counting. How dare we? How dare we yeah. demand every vote yeah. By the way, you didn't have a problem in 2000 when Florida needed a recount, did you, you fucking Trumpocrit? So nobody who had a problem with 2000 should be opening up a mouth right now because this recount matters so very much, not just in the governor race, but in the Senate race as well in Florida. So both of those races are going to be recounted and every vote matters. And if we've ever pushed it hard, we need to push it even harder. You want to see proof that your votes matter? Ask, uh, what, oh my God, her, Lucy McBath in, in Georgia. Ask Lucy how much all votes count because she won her seat. And that is going yes, to make a profound did. difference. All right? That's yes, going to make a profound like very, difference I in was our very, I was very excited and very ecstatic to see uh, Lucy win that race. Um, that used to be Newt Gingrich. That was Newt Gingrich's seat. Yes. Take well, but even more. And no yeah, woman. I don't think that, a Democrat has taken that seat or a woman. So, like, that's a dual victory. No, well, she was running – well, no, not a Democratic woman, but she was running against Karen Handel. Uh, Oh, my Who couldn't handle it. I mean, Um, she's got, like – she's got, like, the NRA logo tattooed on her forehead. I mean, she's just (laughs) – I mean, literally. I mean, this woman here, man. And I mean, I'm telling you what, the, you want to talk about taking money from the gun industry and the gun lobby. That's, yeah, no shit. And you were talking about like the buckle of the Bible Belt right there, too. That's uh, yeah. that's hardcore. That's hardcore to get a Democrat oh, yeah. in that in that seat. So uh, and especially in the wake of the tragedy in Thousand Oaks, I I was listening to those parents and that's for me. You know, it's bad enough you hear about these mass shootings. It's horrific that there have been 307, 307 mass shootings in the United States of America in 2018. There have been six in the month, in this month alone. It's November 9th, and we've had six mass shootings in our country this month. So there's some math that should make your head explode. 
Um, if you check out my timeline at Tara Dublin Rocks, I have once again put forward some ideas for ending gun violence so that I never have to sit on the, and watch the news and hear parents crying over the deaths of their children to gun Tara, violence. Last night, oh my God. Tara, last night I was chatting with a friend in Australia, uh, a longtime friend of mine. Um, he uh, helped me design some software. Actually, uh, his name is Poston. He's originally from Germany, but he married uh, a, a beautiful uh, um, – his wife um, is from Turkey, and they now live in Australia. But um, he helps me design some software actually I'm using right now, so a shout-out to Tostin. Thank you very much for this really cool floating notepad that I love. But um, no, we were talking hey, last one. night in- – I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna send you the software. You'll love it. It, it, it it's right, the cool. best. It's it's just it's awesome. I'm first time I'm using it today, and I love it. And uh, but anyway, we were talking about he was. You know, we were on the phone. Australia. You know, they did the uh, gun buyback um, program, and and you know, I we were just we chatted for probably a good 45 minutes, and um, he said, you know, you you got you guys there in the state, and he and he lived over here in the, in the. He lived here in Texas for quite a long time, and that's where we originally met. So, um, yeah, he's aware of the guns over here, and he said, "You know, you guys over there, you just, you're, 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 you know, the, 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 you know, in Australia, the public has to be." And I, I've got this in my notes because I thought it, I wrote it down because I remember him saying it. He said, "The public has to be willing to give up the guns. Until then, nothing will change." And, yeah, and it's. Yeah. One of those things, like, once again, you have to reiterate that no one wants to take the guns you already have from you. That's never right. what we talk about. What we talk about, it's basic. It just, it seems like to me, someone who doesn't want a gun, never wanted one, doesn't care about them. It seems obvious to me. So check my timeline, Tara Dublin Rocks. Uh, first of all, the, the, the government buyback idea is brilliant because it is, first of all, it's not mandatory. It's voluntary. Voluntary means no one's making you do it. Okay. So a voluntary gun buyback, when you collect them and whenever the government gets them, what do you do with them? You melt them down and you use that material to uh, put into our infrastructures, our roads, our tunnels, our bridges that are falling apart. So you put that back into, into our country that is a good thing. If you want to get a gun, sure, fine. I don't care what your reason is. First of all, no assault weapons, no no automatic assault weapons, no bump stocks, none of that shit, all of that. I don't know how you get rid of that. I really, really don't know how we get rid of the AR-15s and the bump stocks. I honestly may be with the voluntary. I don't know. Let's say you want to get a handgun. Okay. Did you want to drive a car? You did. What did you have to do to drive a car? You had to take a class. You had to learn the laws of the road, how to operate your vehicle. You had to take a test. You had to get a license. That is exactly what we should be doing with guns. Guns kill more people than cars. So let's, and I hate that argument, you know, Jason, when people are like, well, people kill with cars, you know, cars and spoons and knives and forks and pencils and shut up. Shut up, okay? Yeah. Nobody walks into a bar with a pencil and kills 13 people, okay? Shut up yeah, with the I, I false I, equivalency. I hate that so much. So yeah, I do too. Uh, you have I to mean, get a license. That. I would say, you know, not only do you have to get a license, but that license needs to be renewed yearly. And that you have to go yeah. back, and you can't just do it by mail, or you have to physically go, like, to a DMV. So call it the GMV. The, you know, the, I don't care what you call it, but you have to go somewhere, 
to renew your gun license. You have to prove that, that, that you can right, handle your shit. You know, right like treat it like you do that, with cars. No, I mean, that right there would solve, okay, I mean, let's take, let's just take Texas here and, you know, what, now, if you want to conceal carry or you actually don't have to conceal carry anymore, you can, but we have open carry here in Texas now. But um, in order to do that, if you go and buy a handgun and to get that permit to, to, to conceal carry and, and, and carry, you have to go and take a class. And you have to get license. You have to carry a little license in your uh, in your wallet wherever you you know you go in case you get pulled over by the by the police and you can show them. It seems you know, obvious I've got this hand- to me, but you know. Right. So that's that's what you have to do if you want to tote the thing around. Now anybody can go into the, any of these gun shows here, and there'll probably be a good ten to fifteen of them this weekend here in Houston, Greater Harris County area. And buy as many guns as you want. And um, you can buy as many handguns, as many, you know, AR-15, you know, assault weapons, semi-automatic weapons. Uh, you can get all the accessories, you know, flash guards, bump stocks. You know, you can just, you know, you can basically what you can do, and, I'm, and I, I said this before, a lot of people wonder where all these guns, like, you know, they talk about, oh, God, the gun laws in Chicago. They say Illinois, the gun laws there are so strict. Where are all these guns? Well, I'll tell you where they come from. <clears throat> a lot of them go over to Indiana. But the great vast majority of those rent vans. They rent U-Hauls, and they'll pick the prime time um, down here in Texas. Now, I mean, we have gun shows constantly. But they'll find one weekend where they can go, let's say, you know, everything's such in, in close vicinity of each other, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston, your four big cities right there. You can make all those cities in one weekend, and you can fill up a U-Haul. I'm not talking about a trailer. You can fill up a whole freaking Utah full of guns, ammunition, accessories, and they drive that back to Chicago and sell it on the streets. This doesn't happen in other countries. It just doesn't. No, it does not. People and, don't like hearing uh, that, though. They don't like hearing the truth, but that's the truth. I mean, I've written exposés on this stuff for the Houston Press. It's ridiculous. It's other, rid- you know, in this gun culture in our country, and this, you can't take my gun, and you don't take it from a cold, dead hand. I, you well, know, know what? gun culture. What I can't. You know? That might, just, might, that might very well end up with doing, you know, because, I mean, what is it going to take? I mean, you know, you. I don't, I don't know. know. You're, it, how many like you more lives? I mean, what is what is your gun? I mean, how many lives? Okay, I would ask. You know, your gun, the the these gun owners out here. I'm not talking about you know, you know, daddy shotgun and your thirty odd and your thirty odd six that you go deer hunting with. You know, your manual bolt action. You know, even your 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 semi-automatic 30 six. It's got a five or seven round you know clip in there that holds two twenty three caliber shells. No, no, I'm not talking about that. But I'm, you know, how many more? I mean, how many lives? Does, I would like an honest answer on this. How many lives? And don't give me this bullshit about we've got to arm everybody. Come on, man. No, we don't. You know, I don't want to hear that no more. No, no, people that cut, look. First of all. Army people that's going to a bar? You first of all here in Texas, it's against the law to take a gun into a bar. Oh, by the way, 
You can't. There is are that fines everywhere here in Texas. Because alcohol and guns shouldn't mix, maybe? Yeah, or... yeah that's, but sure, that's what they're suggesting. <laughs> yeah, that's one reason. Wow, what a great mix. Let's give everybody a gun at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, the, I mean, well, what you need to do, first of all, in these situations, take a step back. Look at who the shooters are. The shooters, are, the, in this particular situation, it was a veteran uh, with most likely untreated PTSD. And that goes back to the fact that we need to take care of our veterans better in this country. You know who had a fantastic, comprehensive mental health care plan, which included our veterans? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton had an amazing mental health care plan. And if you go to her website at HillaryClinton.com, it is archived. All of her uh, policies that she was going to implement when she was running in 2016, if you go there and you read it, it makes total sense. So uh, it is a vicious cycle. Uh, We send these young men off to war. When they come back traumatized, we expect them to go go back to normal life in, in our society, and they can't because there's nothing normal about going to war and murdering people. And then there's nothing normal about coming back and trying to to deal with what this country is on your own. So I would also posit that uh, when a soldier is discharged from uh, military service, regardless of the arm of the service, um, that they should receive some sort of screening when they are when they are dismissed. They should have a mental health evaluation uh, as part of their dismissal from the army, whether it's uh, you know honorable discharge or not. Uh, their service is up, they're done, they've given their time, whatever whatever it is, there should be some sort of mental health exit interview when you leave the military to make sure that they're sending gonna, you home with your facilities intact. Yeah. Something Tara, like that. Let me jump in here. I'm gonna say, we gotta take care of our, we have to take care of our service people. Yeah, well, let me say something that's going to be extremely unpopular right now. Okay, and look, I there are a lot of veterans um, my family is full of veterans. Uh, I did not serve. Um, I was in a horrible, I mean, horrible accident. I was in a coma for three months and um, had multiple surgeries from an accident in Galveston, Texas from six years ago where I suffer some PTSD from. I know a lot of veterans that suffer from PTSD. Let me tell you something, though. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people say this. Look. All these people with PTSD ain't going out and shooting up the bar and shooting up the church. You know, look, let's come back to the let's come back let's come back to the real zone here and talk about what the real issue is, and that's guns. And, well, it's both. Though. You know, we, we it is well a, a lot we of times. Get, you know this as well as I know. But you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, my friend, but you know as well. Look at San Bernardino, the shooting in San Bernardino a few years ago, uh, a vet untreated PTSD. I'm not saying everybody with PTSD is going to walk around and shoot people. I have PTSD from the cyber harassment during the campaign. I'm not going around shooting people. Everybody deals with their stuff differently. Those who need more help are not receiving it. And that's the point, especially vets, uh, the traumatic situation of being put into combat, seeing women and children and body parts and whatever he saw. Well, Tara, Tara, here's here's a simple fix. How about we do this? How about we do this? Anybody that anybody that's being treated for any sort of mental health condition cannot own a gun. How about that? 
Well, that'd be great too. Yes, and there's also that's also part of the the discussion is that the screening process needs to be much yeah. more intense. But so when you tell me, if you're on, right, of course, if you're on whatever you're on. If you're taking, you know, uh, any sort of antidepressant, um, you know, you're whatever flat. that might be. If you're on any sort of benzodiazepine for anxiety, uh, you know, whatever that might be. Um, but whatever, if you're being treated for any sort of mental disorder or whether it's depression ptsd um high anxiety um those things look you're off the gun buying list so let's just start that's a great place to start yeah but how do you regulate that and how do you well make sure that that they don't slip through the cracks that that takes leadership that takes leadership and and we need our leaders on the democratic democratic women that's right. Yes, it takes leadership to do that. To propose okay. that kind of gun reform, gun I'm going to say the word gun control legislation, gun reform legislation, call it what you want to call it. You know, it's time that we got real about this, you know, and President Obama tried to address this so many times, endlessly, you know, and he just, you know, and people will say, well, you know, President Obama didn't do enough about the guns. You know, what President Obama was so, I mean, he was completely hamstrung with these Republicans. You know, I mean, it's just, you, you know, he tried to go, I mean, people say, well, he governed from the center. Well, he did. He didn't have a choice, you know, to get anything accomplished, you know, which he got a lot accomplished, you know, during his eight years as president. But, you know, when you get on this whole gun thing, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about a money machine, and then there we go back again, getting the money out of politics. You know, Citizens United. You know, you got the NRA dumping huge amounts of money, huge amounts of money to these candidates. Ted Cruz, Karen Handel. I could keep going down the line. Every single one of the Republicans. You know, if they need mm-hmm. money, they call up the NRA. Say, Hey, Wayne, gotcha. I need a couple million. No problem. Mm-hmm. We got you. Yep. Disgusting. So that's a pattern that needs to be broken. Sure. They're they're hard things. And maybe now with a Democratic House in control come January, we'll start seeing the better gun reform legislation being implemented. Uh, We will have that's a wait and see. And here's another thing that we have to deal with is this Matt Whitaker bullshit. Matt Whitaker should should have already recused himself from being the acting attorney general, there is tremendous conflicts of interest of having him in that position. The fact that Rod Rosenstein was completely uh, left out of this and he absolutely should be acting AG at the moment. Uh, All of this is so obvious. And the way that uh, Donald Trump is behaving, I mean, he's literally, he's so terrified because he knows what's coming in January and he knows Time is up for his sons because Mueller is going to drop the bomb on them because of all he knows. And so Matt Whitaker, really? Really? A year ago, he was a CNN commentator, and now he's the acting attorney general of the United States. What in the fuckery is that? So, And he's saying he's not going to recuse himself. What do we do about that? What do you do? We can only mar- you can march in the street every single day and yell yeah. and scream into Twitter yep. and host a podcast and vote and you can do all of these things and they'll still 
do shit like put Matt Whitaker in as acting AG because he has publicly said that the Mueller investigation has no merit and is a witch hunt and has parroted Trump's language on it. He's obviously Trump's guy. But marching in the streets yesterday, while a wonderful act of solidarity, and yes, show them your anger and show them your resistance 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Did it change anything today? No, because Matt Whitaker has not recused himself and re- is refusing to do so. And he shouldn't even you know be what? acting gotta... without approval from, Sen- from the Senate. He hasn't been approved. And they're doing it anyway. They're doing everything exactly. anyway. Exactly. You know, I'm going to tell you, I've had a couple days of, of really good rest. I mean, I've stayed off. <laughs> and I was all coming back. Right. Well, no, but I feel really <laughs> I feel good today. You know, I feel spunky. But you know, I, you know, I mean, I came back on, you know, I, I, there's some, you know, I use a lot of automated stuff from my Twitter account and whatever. And then, oh, by the way, Twitter did another huge purge. Uh, I lost. Yeah, I noticed that yesterday. I, I, I don't notice. I did notice yesterday because I was on the brink of hitting 24,000 followers, which whatever. Yeah. But then later in the day, I looked and I was set back like by 150. So I'm, things are good. Buy. Buy fake accounts. I don't need you. I'd rather have my Twitter follower account be 10 if there were 10 real people rather than 20,000 right. fake people. Right? So right. do what you got to so, do. So any, Yeah. So like last night, so I'm looking Google, at, you know, of course, I'll – all of your big tweeters out there, you know, all the, you know, retweet, please, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, um, yeah, cause that does a lot. It does so much. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and they're all tweeting out the same video from time, from, from New York, you know, from the protest, you know, from the marches, whatever you want to call them. Well, you know, I just can't help. It. I just cannot help but think to myself, Tara, what good is any of this doing? What good is this doing other than making for good video on social media? I mean, um, I'm really at my wits. I, I'm really at my wits in with all this stuff. I mean, really. I, I know. Nothing. I know you are. It, I think nothing it makes going you feel. Change. I well, first of all, doing that and coming together like that in the streets makes people feel less alone in Uh-oh. feeling the way they feel. Um, it's really important that you find someone like-minded. You're like, oh, you feel like shit too? Let's sit down and talk about this. And then it becomes people in the streets. It <laughs> That's is, what bars are it for. Is, well, <laughs> wherever it is that, it, that it's happening, I, it's important that Trump gets the visual of people in the streets protesting against do, do him. You think, see, that's my point right there. Do you think You think he doesn't look at it? Do you think he gives a rat's ass how many people pile in the street and say, protect Mueller? Do you think he I cares? Think, I think he cares when big crowds accumulate and they are not there to love on him. No. He Look, when right he sees now, how much You don't think it bothers him that people hate no, him? He I knows people not. hate him. No. It, you no, don't think absolutely he cares? Not. And right now, for the next two years, he... I mean, he can go gung ho wherever he wants to go. He ain't got to worry about no voters. He ain't got to worry about no midterms. He doesn't have to worry about anything. He can just go well, gung ho crazy. But he does. He has to worry about the Mueller investigation, and he has to worry about them indicting his children he, and what that's going to do. Because that's going to fire Mueller. He's going to fire Mueller, and who's going to do a damn thing about it? Uh, 
Uh, I'll tell you who. Adam Schiff will, because if they fire Mueller, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi are going to put Bob Mueller on live television. Tom Steiner. I called out Tom Steiner because I'm sick of listening to him, and a lot of people like a lot of people like that tweet, and I had some big people, some bigger names comment on that tweet because they agree with me. Tom Steiner, you know, still going off this whole impeach Trump crap, whatever his name is. But I'm just <laughs> irritated. I mean, listen, you know, what is he? You're gonna have a, you're not gonna get a conviction. I mean, you're gonna put this country through an impeachment process in the House for for all of this to go to the Senate, and nothing happen. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop this stuff. <laughs> Let's we got more stuff to deal with in this country. We don't need to put this country through an impeachment process with with Trump. Let's yes, beat him in do, 2020. Though. You know why? Here, here's why. Because no. no, he wants it to no. It why? You're not gonna get a conviction in the Senate. Stop. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because this illegitimate government needs to be removed. And if we have to wait, we'll wait. But here's the thing. Once once the Democrats are sworn in in January and Nancy Pelosi is third in line, I have every bit of confidence in Nancy Pelosi's ability to lead this country. I don't care. I under I heard everything you and Elena Christopoulos said on Wednesday. I heard everything that you said, but this is what I would say, and this is what I tweeted earlier this morning. We are in this crazy, unprecedented, ridiculously terrifying time, right? Okay, hear me out, hear me out. I don't want somebody who doesn't, who doesn't know what they're doing as Speaker of the House. I don't want a newbie as Speaker of the House when things are this critically terrifying and we are probably you, facing you, a so constitutional... Let me finish. If we are facing a constitutional crisis, I want someone who knows what she's doing, who has a lifetime of serving our country and, uh, and has the power and the ability. She's already done that job. She knows what it takes. Put someone like Barbara Lee in a position of power. Absolutely. And I'm not saying this, this new blood is invigorating. Yes, it is. It's exciting. It's all of those things. But right now, with our country at this level of crisis, I don't want a newbie. As Speaker of the House, I want someone who knows but what she's doing. Ha- I'm not saying don't somebody listen to the like, new blood. I'm not like saying Barbara don't incorporate Lee. them. Somebody I like Barbara heard, Lee. Barbara Lee has never there. been Speaker of the House before. Okay, she's never who been in a position that high before. Nancy Pelosi wasn't Speaker of the House before she was. I mean, But now she... Yeah, and no one really got out of her way and let her do anything because, woman, she's done it before. She's proven herself over and over and over again. And she's got the thick skin that she's good, that we need in a speaker. We don't need puppet Paul Ryan, and we don't need somebody who might be listening to a thousand different voices. We need Nancy Pelosi, who has the thickest skin of anybody in the Democratic Party, male or female. We need Nancy Pelosi in that role. Let her be there for... You want to talk, you want to, like, let let her do it. Let's get things settled to a place where we can live. And then maybe after a while, she's like, all right, things are cool. Things you are in keep, a groove. And, I am willing keep, to step back and let someone else take over. But And keep, Schumer, a and keep Schumer in the Senate, right? We'll just ride the next two years with Pelosi and no, Schumer. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I need you to hear me out. 
put take Barbara Lee and put her where Chuck Schumer is. I don't have a problem with new no. blood taking over roles of leadership. I have a problem with new blood Barbara taking Lee's over roles that important. Look what happened when we went from zero to president. You can't go from something to speaker without taking the steps. And she's been there before and she knows what it takes. And I trust her to do right by the United States. And I listened to her last night when she was talking to Chris Cuomo and I heard everything that she said. And she was like, you can throw anything you want at me. I am going to do the job. She doesn't care who's going to come up and challenge her. She knows she's got the votes behind her. As great as Barbara Lee could be in that position, she would need time to develop to get to no. grow into that position. That is my oh, no. stance. Oh, I no, want someone wouldn't. who knows what they're doing in that position because it's too no. important. If we're facing a constitutional crisis. I don't need a newbie who's going to be questioning Barbara Lee everybody is not who a newbie. comes to her. I'm saying Bar- in the role, in the Barbara, role of Representative speaker. Barbara Lee from California is not a newbie by any stretch of the imagination. That's not what she I mean. She voted against the war. She voted against the war. I heard everything you have said about, and I heard everything that our friend Elena said, and I'm not, disqu- I'm not discounting what you've said. What I'm saying is for me, for me to feel secure when we make that transition in January to see Nancy standing up there in her rightful position as speaker so she can continue the work she did was doing before, that will make me feel more confident in my government because I know that she knows what she's doing. That helps me. You want to talk about 2020 and then transitioning the power? Fine. I don't have a problem with that. But between 18 and 20, I want someone in there who knows what the hell she's doing so that I can trust that things are going to get done and things are going to change. So we will leave that discussion (laughs) there. We have to go to break. We're going to welcome back our great friend Brian Karam because we're going to talk about the clusterfuck that was that press conference the other day and uh, where we go as far as covering the White House and how they should be handling things from this point forward. Because now he's threatening April Ryan and all of these other reporters that he doesn't like. So let's take a break and we'll come back with our buddy Brian on Taylor Tower Radio. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire.
gentlemen, thank God it's Friday, and you are listening to Taylor Terra Radio, TaylorTerraRadio.com. We are live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Taylor. If you'd like to follow my co-host and my partner and my friend on Twitter, Tara Dublin, you can do so at Tara Dublin Rocks. And we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter, Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. Um, you can direct your questions, your comments there, um, and we will do our best to try and answer those. Tara, uh, we got a, uh, um, our, uh, I guess our third or fourth time he's joining us, and we certainly appreciate uh, Brian taking the time out, uh, joining us here on Taylor Tara Radio. Brian Karamy is the executive editor for Sentinel Newspapers. He's a White House reporter for Playboy and political analyst on CNN. Also, uh, the podcast, JustAskTheQuestion.com. Brian Karam, welcome to the show. How are you today, my friend? Busy. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I wonder what. Hey, Brian. It's been a crazy day. Yeah. <sighs> Well, that's true of every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the news cycle during the Trump administration has been reduced to the length of time it takes someone to read a cartoon. It's every if, freaking if ten seconds. It's unreal. Have you spoken to Jim Acosta directly, personally? Uh, yeah, Jim and I have. Uh, well, we've exchanged a couple of texts since he um, got yeah let's, let's talk about that um there's there's a lot of layers to this first of all the fact that donald trump doesn't like the press is not news and uh he's obviously was very upset about the results from tuesday night and he was on the defensive and depressed and sad and he was attacking um so that's the first layer the the incident with Jim Acosta, we all saw it live, and then they were tweeting. I was standing out. six feet away from him. That, right, that, and so you was, saw it. Yeah. Tell us about being in the room, t- being in the room where it happened. Tell us about well, being there and witnessing it live, please, because well, a lot of people to want the, to know. The real layer, the the real thing that you got to go back to to understand the Jim Acosta thing is not the the loss on on the election. That's part of it. I mean, I've never seen a, a president claim a victory when he lost the House of Representatives, so that is an issue. But the real issue is he was firing. He he avoided questions about um, sessions, and he had already had John Kelly ask for his resignation, and he's trying to shut down the Mueller investigation. So deflecting, he called on Jim. He knows what he's going to get when he calls on Jim. He knows what he's get, going to get when he calls on me or April or anybody else who's asked him tough questions. He was looking and spoiling for a fight. He tried to start one with me right before Jim got on. Uh, you know, he said, "What are you, a comedian?" And you know, I, I, the first, and I kept my mouth shut because the my first reaction was, "Yeah, I'm a comedian, like you're a president." But I didn't, say, <laughs> I didn't say that. And what I did was ask the question that I thought was. Provided a very scary answer. I asked him about. He had said he wants to deal with the Democrats, but then said, if they investigate him, he's going to investigate them. And I said, so is it your way or the highway? You're drawing a line in the sand, or can you compartmentalize it and continue to work 
with the Democrats on issues that benefit the country as a whole. And I that heard was you do key. that. Yeah, and he said, no, I will be on a war footing. Now, that's frightening because that tells you exactly where we're going to be for the next two years with this president. So I kind of had him primed, and, <laughs> and, and Jim blew him up. And so yeah. it's – that's what's frightening about that, and that's why he went after Jim. Jim did nothing wrong. Now, there are people who say they don't like Jim's tone or that he's rude or combative. I've been called the same thing. I've got news for you. I'm defending his right to be that way. The president of the United States, if he cannot handle a reporter in that role asking those questions, how can he ever handle himself with the leader of uh, Russia, the leader of China, the leader of North Korea, or anyone else who opposes the United States. If he's that thin-skinned with reporters, how can he handle himself elsewhere? Now, there are those people who say, you know, in addition, that uh, he's he's not a racist, he's an equal opportunity offender, because he went after <laughs> April Ryan today, he went after other uh, uh, people of color. Jim is Hispanic, I'm Lebanese, so they all go, you know, he, all right, fine. You can be both a racist and a misanthrope, and he is both. And that's a simple yeah. fact that you have to deal with. The it's He's the menace, and it's uh, becoming increasingly apparent that he's unhinged. Although I've been saying for two years that we're we're in a battle, he walked into this uh, he walked into his administration calling us fake news and saying that we are the enemy of the people. Now he drew the line in the sand. He started the war. I'm not backing away. Now I don't advocate fighting with the man every day that you you're in there. I held my tongue so I could get my question in because I thought it was more important. I'm covering him. It's not about me. It's about him. So I need to ask that question, and I need to deflect and ignore his insults when it's you know when possible. However, if he looks at me and says you're fake media, you're the enemy of the people. No, I will stand up to that because that's garbage, and that's why I I went after Sarah Huckabee when she has told us that we need to look at fake media that we're fake media. That that's garbage. The woman has absolutely no. Uh, uh, credentials to be a a press secretary. She also has no credibility. She went after Jim Acosta and told us to look at a a video that was doctored and was on InfoWars. That woman is a menace. That woman is a liar. That is, she is a minister of propaganda. She should be fired immediately, right now, not sooner. Now she needs to be. But he's not going to. He's not going to fire her. She delivers his message the way he wants it delivered. She's a perfect yes. stooge for him. So why would he fire yes. her? She's actually doing the job he needs her to in do. In any other in any other administration. Well, but not in this one. And then, and then the thing when you talk about people criticizing Jim Acosta's tone, what about Donald Trump's tone? When he walks the well, press line and insults April Ryan and calls her a loser, it, un, unprovoked he says this. He just decides to declare this. You know, declaring war on the press, your lives are going to be at stake because if you know, you, if you and we've stopped, we've already stopped talking about Carlos Salgas Jr. mailing all of those bombs to all of the people that he names, and he stands there and he says April Ryan is a loser, and he's signaling his people. So to go after why, her, of course. How do we protect you, Brian? How do we as citizens protect you and make sure that you can continue to do your job when he's clearly signaling his people to go after you when he's threatened to revoke your credentials when he's trying to shut down the free press? How do we? This. I mean, taking to the streets 
as my biggest as recommendation is buy a, subs- buy a subscription to your local newspaper. As for me, I'll, I'm fine. Uh, if someone's going to mm-hmm. take a shot at me, they better hit me the first time. <laughs> oh my! Well, I hope they never do. But, I hope they never um, do also, either. But I ain't playing. I, you know, I'm not backing down. I'm not walking out of the press room. I'm not going to be intimidated. And you know, I know that there are certain people that have uh, bodyguards now because they're. They, I've never seen this before, but they actually have to have bodyguards because they're reporters. I'm on a rapid uh, dial to my uh, um, police chief in this county. We've had threats at my newspapers. Uh, this is part of life in 2018 and I, I will live with it but i'm not going anywhere i'm not backing down and here we are so you know he wants to draw a line in the sand fight or flight i'm standing i'm staying right here you got something to now say Bri- to me, say it brian, i mean fuck I yeah brian heard, I, I, I support you pardon brian i have i've heard and i'm I, i'm i'm guessing i'm pro- probably not not wrong i mean talking to some some of my friends in, in media that, that there are a number of, of, of reporters they know that are actually that wear bulletproof vests. So I mean Wow. I act, I'm too yeah. fat to wear one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you know I need a, if it helps the, me lose a little weight, okay, you know. Hey. No 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 no. Okay. Right. So but here's here's huh? the other thing. Um one second. Do you think that Okay, I, I believe that it is time to uh, for the media to cover him differently because uh, it's dangerous. I've said that for two years. Right, and so have I. Right, so I tweeted you, this morning. I just want your thought on what I tweeted and see if this is something that would actually work. Stop showing him live. Stop running tape of him speaking. Stop airing his tweets. Cover him like an afterthought. Straight reporting. No video. Don't give him any extra oxygen. He's been using the media as a free platform forever. Time to cut him off. I think it's possible well, to report on his actions without showing him. That's he's the president of the United States, and unfortunately, that's um, you can't do that. You, you're going to have to. I mean, you, you have to cover him the same as you've covered others, and that means you're going to have to be at his rallies. That means you're going to have to cover him in what he does and what he says. But you have to be able to confront him. Part of the problem with the press is, look, we don't – I don't want to be the story. I didn't – you know, everyone says, oh, you want to be the story. You're trying to make yourself the story. No, I don't want to make myself part of the story. I want to cover the story. He made us the story. He's the one who did it. So if you're going to stick your head in the sand and continue to go on and, and play by the old rules, you're going to get beat because he's – said that the old rules do not apply. So if you continue to play by the old rules, you're an idiot. I, I'm, I mean, with all due respect to, you know, I, I, <laughs> and I'm not calling, you know, members of my profession an idiot I'm, I'm, or idiots. I'm, I'm saying you need to understand that the rules have changed. Now, I do not advocate fighting him on every uh, sentence or every statement or every time he does something wrong because then it does look like it's bad for us. Those are not good optics. However, on certain, you have to challenge him on his facts. You cannot back down from him, and you must call him into question. So when I try to hold this, I try to do it politely and nicely, but I will stand up to him, and I have, and they've told me that I'm you know, in it for myself. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm doing my job. And that's the way we do it, is to do our job. And as we do our job, um, people say, well, you know, you've got to let him get away with it. No, you don't. You no. do your job and you go after him. 
Like it's you your would. job to hold I would, him accountable. I, you know what I would really recommend? I would recommend that most of the uh, White House press corps be replaced by crime reporters because crime Ooh. reporters know how to get the daggone information and don't worry and don't waffle. You, you have been spent too much time inside the Washington bubble playing politics and don't understand that this is a new game. Give me your crime reporters. That's an interesting that's, that's, twist. Yeah. I like that. Or just send me in. Brian, let me, I'm not afraid to ask Brian, him anything. How, Brian, how does – let me ask you something. How does this, this, how does this doctored video um, of the intern and, and Jim Acosta uh, make its way um, up the chain to, to Sarah Sanders? And who, who makes that call? Who makes that call to run with this doctor video? Trump? I'm sure that came straight from the Donald. <laughs> yeah. They don't do anything in that office without his okay. They don't even take a breath. I mean, <laughs> everything, if they want to stay there, they do what the president wants. Wow. That's, that's amazing all to of me. This so I mean, much. I mean this. I, Go what Tara? Go ahead. I'm just you know it's, <clears throat> I listen to all of these people, all of these amazing guests that we have, and I, I you know someone who's as close to it as you are, Brian. I, I first of all I commend you for being able to have this amount of presence of mind because I'm tearing the skin off of my face in frustration, <laughs> and uh, seriously, it's he continues to get away with it and enjoy it. You know, he enjoys this so much. And that's part of it also. And that's part, the part of it that I really, that really gets to me is how much he enjoys being terrible to you. You know, you collectively, the media collectively, he, you can see it in his face. You know, it's that little smug little smirk on his face when he dropped something like the way he was talking about April Ryan this morning, the fact that he enjoys being terrible and his fan base loves it. And that's, to me, that's what frustrates me and infuriates me the most, and it makes my blood boil. And it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know how to deal with it. I consider it, I I mean, I sat in that press conference thinking I was watching a bad comedian on open mic night bomb. To me, I look at it anymore, and I just go, let's roll. I, I, I don't get angry with it. I'm not getting upset about it. I'm rolling with it because I know what this animal is. I've seen mm-hmm. a bully in action, and there's only one way to deal with a bully. You, turn, you make him your friend or you thump him in the chest and let him know you're not taking it. Well, he won't let us be his friend because he, he needs an enemy. Fine. Let's deal. You want to deal? Let's deal. And I guarantee you, you know, he, he says, I guarantee you I'm smarter than they are, and I mm-hmm. guarantee you I'll be there after he's gone. So I don't care. You want a deal? Let's deal. I I like what you you know that that he wants the enemy. He needs the enemy. He doesn't yeah. want to be your friend because he needs an enemy, and that to me says so much about him. No other former no former president needed an enemy. He does, nope. he thrives on that conflict, and uh, you know the thing that's so it's so frustrating. Like we see it all, and it's so obvious, and yet. Everyone's like, well, you know, we're stuck with them till 2020. When, do you think that there is something in the Mueller investigation that could move the, the, the needle forward? Just I, a I don't know. And any, I have no idea. And if anyone claims they do, they're lying. 
Yep. <laughs> I, I agree. Got, I agree. I got news I for you. This. This is, I know some of the investigators. In fact, I one of the investigators, uh, and I haven't spoken to him since he became you know, was on Mueller's team, but I coached one of their kids in football and, you know, I, I have not, they won't talk. And, and I mean, I've known the guy for 20 years. They're not talking. I got news for you. If, if anyone says, I know what's going on in the Mueller investigation, don't believe them. So I'll wait and see. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to guess because I, I, whenever I guess I'm wrong and I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see what happens, but I guarantee you knowing Bob Mueller and knowing some of the people that are doing the investigating, I know that they'll be thorough, and I trust whatever the outcome of their investigation is. I, I see just an Im- I saw just an immense amount of chatter last night on all social media platforms that <clears throat> Don Jr. was going to be arrested the first thing this morning. I'm just uh, I'm yeah, like well. as always. You don't know that. Nobody knows that, and. Um, you know, given the stature of Mueller and his career and his credentials, nobody knows that except Mueller and those inside his team. You know, I mean, the speculation that that Junior was that Trump Junior was going to be arrested this morning or indicted sometime today. Nobody and knows. Not if he is, he is. And if they and if someone claims that they have information and and that turns out to be true, then maybe I'll start listening to him. But I I'm not gonna until I see court documents, till I see something done. It's all idle speculation to me, and I'm not engaging in it. Wow, how refreshing! Yeah, and I mean, if something like that happens. Um, I mean, we can speculate for a moment, can't we? I mean, if something like that happens just in the next, I don't know, however many number of days, how does the president react to that? I mean, how does he react to his son being arrested and indicted? I have no idea. I, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> and really, I, 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 I want I mean, if. You know, if he's gonna, you know, if he, he's gonna go off on this, this, you know, rant, you know, with with the media, this crazy, uh, you know, crazy Trump uh, uh, thing that he does with the media after losing the House and then claiming that, you know, they were, you know, victorious in the midterms. I can't imagine his reaction or his. Well, the question his, is, the question about it is now that we we. We, I'm not going to speculate on what his, what his reaction would be, but I think the question that is central to what you're, you're asking is how does Donald Trump react if his own blood is indicted? Does he throw them right. under the bus to save himself, or does he uh, do it, become an honorable father and, and fall on his <laughs> own sword? Uh, um, and, yeah. My, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh- uh, my take on that is uh, Donald Trump would walk over the bodies of his children to get out of a burning building and then blame them for setting the fire. So I I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. And I'm as close, like you said, I'm as close as anyone to that. And I'll tell you, I really don't know. Um, and, and I don't doesn't think, that say something? Well, I would like to think that he, I would like to think that he would, you know, be the honorable father. I think he does care about his kids. Um, so I, you know, when has he ever shown I, I, that? Though, but I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, we've don't never know. seen it though. We've never. I, I've never I can, seen him. We, all I okay. can say what is, we, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I really I mean, don't know. As far as his children go, 
what we have seen is him putting his hands in his mouth all over his daughter or his main daughter, his acknowledged daughter. Uh, poor, I guess Tiffany, I think Tiffany's probably the luckiest one in the family because she's never really had to be around him that much. Um, but I, I don't see him being affectionate towards his sons. I don't see him paying that much attention unless they're doing something that he's ordered them to do. A narcissist doesn't really, isn't capable of loving outside of themselves. Um, so I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I don't know what he would do. I think uh, anything that would save his own ass is ultimately what he will always do. So if there's a deal to be cut, he'll cut it. Um, if it saves him, um, will he sacrifice his children? I think that's a really interesting question, and I think between the New York State Attorney General and Bob Mueller, we're going to find out sooner rather than later. Well, that I I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I know that the Mueller investigation will be thorough. I'll respect whatever their outcome the outcome of that investigation is i think you know um that i i think there'll be a a statement and a final uh um report and then it's going to be up to congress to do something about it and i don't think congress will i think speculation about impeachment is ridiculous because they can't get a conviction um they, even if they impeach, they could get an impeachment in the House, but the trial in the Senate with a 54-46 majority or whatever the uh, Republicans will have, you're not going to get 60 votes to vote for impeachment, so it'll be useless to to impeach. And I think people are um, and, and people are reaching for that as an excuse because they didn't weren't involved in the last election. Now, a lot of people came out comparatively for a midterm election. It was close to 50% turnout, I believe. But that's still five out of ten people didn't vote. And that's, that's where the stuff. problem in this country is. People don't vote. And every time someone says, I hate Donald Trump, the first question I ask him is, fine, did you vote? And when they say yep. no, I say, then shut up, because I don't exactly. care what you think. I'm tired of hearing from people telling me what a bad president we have, and they didn't vote. Because by not voting, you did vote. You voted him in. Mm -hmm. Who would have voted for him? Then what? Our vote doesn't matter. Obviously, it does matter. Ask them in Florida if your vote matters. Anywhere. I mean, we had a a race here in Montgomery County that was decided by 79 votes. We had another one decided by 10. And in this wonderful blue state that they claim is so progressive, there were precincts where less than 10 percent of the people turned out to vote. I have very little patience for that. I I would like to see some kind of legislation that made it a fine if you didn't vote. I want to see greater participation in the voting process because i got news for you. The people that turn out and are rabid fans of Donald Trump, guess what? They vote. They vote. And that's that's something that's terrifying. And that's why those people get elected because they vote. So if you don't like it, then get out and vote and shut up until you do. Hello, exactly. (laughs) One thing I saw on Twitter today that I thought was really, really funny, uh, it was a hashtag, um, Jim Acosta wants to know. And so basically people want all reporters in the press uh, pool to begin all questions to Donald Trump with, Jim Acosta wants to know what you think about such and such. Is that something that you would do? (laughs) Just to throw a little shade, just a little little passive-aggressive shade for us. Would you do that? Just out of curiosity. uh, I have a bigger ego than that. Brian Karam wants to know. 
<laughs> okay, fair enough. Tara Dublin wants to know. Tara Dublin wants to know why she's still blocked on Twitter when the Department of Justice told you to unblock her. Why don't you ask him that question? <laughs> well, you know Seriously. what he's going to say to that. Who's Tara? That, they're not going to. That's he's, fine. He's going to deflect that, that, or he's going to say that's a stupid question. Because that's he fine. is a, Let him a misanthrope. It. He is a misanthrope. Let him say it on video. But he's I also a racist. To- and a sexist, and he doesn't. Sure. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't care about anything but Donald Trump. That's, That's fine. I, myself and Danny Zucker both still blocked on Twitter. Both of us strong voices against him. Both of us still blocked on Twitter when the Department of Justice told him to unblock both of us, and he did not. So that, I'm just curious. Like, do you think it's smart at this point in your presidency to have people still blocked on Twitter when you were told by the Department of Justice it's I, unconstitutional? He, I don't think he gives a rat's ass who's blocked. <laughs> there on there you go. There you go. I don't I think he, he cares about. He doesn't care about you no more than he cares about Jim Acosta. He I doesn't know give that. a flying fickle That's finger of fate about anybody but himself. He doesn't. I said this at the beginning of the show, Brian. He doesn't have from now until 2020. He doesn't have to worry about anything. He doesn't have no midterms, no votes, no nothing. He may have to worry about a few things, but he certainly doesn't care about a few things. Care. That's that's, the bottom line. And so exactly. And that's my point. He he doesn't care. He's going to burn the house down. Whatever he wants. That's for Dagon, sure. Yeah, I mean, for whatever. I mean, it's like. It's like the thing with Whitaker. Everybody's, oh my God, this can't happen. Well, it can because he's gonna he, he's gonna make it happen. Uh, and you know, I was you know got in this whole conversation last night. You know about you know, and we were talking at the beginning of the show about this impeachment thing. And I'm just enough of this already. You know, I mean, just enough. You know, oh well, the House has to impeach him to show America. No, the House isn't. Listen, it's gonna. It, can't, it will never make it through the Senate, as you just said. And we were talking, you know, at the beginning of the show on this. You know, in, it, a lot. Well, it, it irritates me. You know, I'm tired of hearing it. You know, Trump. You know, Trumpism. You know, these these supporters and 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 voters that you know will dismiss. You know, blatant facts. Um, you know, as 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 fake news, you know, aren't going away. That's our that needs to be our focus out here. We need to be electing people um, that you know are going to change those things. That you know, not we don't need to worry about spending our time in uh, in an impeachment process. Yeah, that's it's, not going to go anywhere. Not going to do anything. I mean, you know, I, I just. You know, I, I, well, all I see, like I you know, said, we're, here's where we're at for the next two years, guys. The question I asked in the press conference and his answer, he's on a war footing. God forbid we should actually be in a war. He's on a war footing. So that's where we are for the next two years. There will be nothing done except constant fight. He had 18 months of of uh, ability to push some things through, and he pushed a few things through, and now he's got a um, – He's got a a Congress that is a, a house that's divided. You know, there's a House and a Senate, and he's not going to get anything done. And that's the way it's going to well, be. It's going to be about obstruction for the next two years, isn't it? Because the Democrats yep. will put up something that the, that the Republicans will vote down in the Senate. And then the Senate will put up something that the Democrats will vote down, and it'll be nothing but obstruction and pushing towards you. I mean, we are the ones who will end up paying for it, for this petty – Yeah. Bullshit. But again, we didn't vote. P- 
people did not come did. out and vote. <laughs> I, I know, did. but I voted. I, uh, God bless you for doing it. And I voted in every election since I've been able to vote. But that's, Me too. But there are a lot of people who don't. And I don't know how you make them. I really, really don't. No, because if they're not make going it to make it easier, of course. Sure, I think great. it should be a national the national holiday. Election day yep. should be a national holiday. I think oh, you should uh, uh, find people if they don't, and you should make it you know a part of you know give them a tax break. You vote, prove your vote here. There's a sure. hundred dollar tax break. Everything or, that you can do. There's there's so many different ways to make this easier. First of all, automatically register to vote the day you turn 18. It's automatic. You're already registered. And then if every state would do, Brian, what we do here in the Pacific Northwest on the West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington, and I know other states do it as well, early voting by mail with a paper ballot that can't be hacked. It comes right to your house with the pamphlet. You can take your time and you put it back in the mailbox. It's already paid for. So uh, in future I, You know, Kara, you keep on and on about those paper ballots, and I see more and more people bitching about those paper ballots. You know, I mean, yeah, you, I, I know. You can't we, hack we, them. We, well, Do you I hear know, that, Brian? But Do you we, hear people complaining about paper Brian, ballots when had, we, really that's the best way? Right, hold on a second, Tara. We <laughs> had Senator Ron Wyden on here, and, and Tara and Senator Wyden were talking about these paper ballots weeks, months ago. And look, I've seen more people bitching about these paper ballots than than anything i mean i'm telling you i don't think that i don't brian what's your thoughts on the paper ballot for god's sake i i, I just want people to vote <laughs> <laughs> anyway that you would can make get them to easier. vote i don't care if you vote by smoke signal just vote <laughs> uh, i mean if, if it comes down to us having to discuss which is the best way to vote and we got 100 percent participation i'm with you but until then let's get people voting yeah, agreed, well, yeah. agreed. Obviously, agreed. and so um, we appreciate you giving us so much of your time today, Brian. Moving forward, um, uh, I don't see the relationship between Donald Trump and the press getting any better um, <laughs> at, at all, obviously, obviously. You're the comedian. <laughs> I know, I'm very funny. So because of this fact that we have all accepted, which is a horrible fact that we've had to accept, Okay, we have never had to deal with this before when the, you know, call him. I refuse to call him by call him president, but but, okay, whatever. So he is in this position. He has created all of these enemies within the press. You still continue have to do your job every single day. Um, Do you when you are talking to the other people on the press line, do they share your same um, determination to dig in and continue to get the job done, or are any of them saying, "You know what? I'm going to give up"? Are every is everyone nobody's giving up? You? No Good. one's giving up. That's Good. not that's not a. Uh, it's all how we proceed to skin the cat, and there are a million ways to skin the cat. So every one of us is going to try the way that works best for us. And I've got no problem with how people go about doing it. Um, and I'm you know I'm very happy to. Uh, skin the cat my way, you'll skin the cat your way, but that cat gets skinned. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> and I also think that from this point forward, your uh, everyone on the press line should record him independently so that they can't mess with your video. And I'm not kidding. That already yeah. happens. They, they, you're out on uh, the, the, 
when you're out there on the south lawn, there's 20 or 30 cameras. When you're uh, in a press briefing, there's 20 or 30 cameras. Um, that that's just the way it is. And but it, as you can see, it doesn't matter if that's the way it is. He's going to push his agenda anyway. And he's going to release that, doctored videos from now on. Do you think that that's something we're going to have to worry yes. about, or do you think this is a standalone issue? Is. And who's gonna, Does the sun rise in the east? <laughs> and Mel Brooks is Blazing Saddles, one of the best comedies ever. Yeah, right. right. No, I'm, I, I'm, I realize I'm just I'm just saying all of the things, but this is this is when we when you have to ask the question. Where where do you lay your trust then? I mean, I trust you, Brian, and I trust the well, people who are you. standing on your side of the press line. But when so many people are like, oh, fake news, and you can't trust the press, and Sarah Sanders is sending out InfoWars videos, those of us who seek the truth and appreciate the truth and the facts, how are we always going to know which what it is now if they're going to fuck with all of it all of the time? Well, I don't the, – the, no one in the White House to me has – any credibility. So whatever they say, if they told me that, you know, uh, that the sun rises in the east, for example, I look out the window to see. If they told me it were raining outside, I'd check. If they told me, you know, people were being eaten by wolves, whatever it is that they're telling me, I'm my first inclination is to go, it's a lie. And every time he spouts a fact in the news conference, I go, God, I got to go, I got to go fact check that again because it's a lie. So you know it's that it's an ongoing problem, and it it, it is not gonna it's not gonna get better for a while. Well, that's encouraging. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's I just mean, a fact, look, and we're gonna have to deal with it, and and we're gonna have to deal with people. Alex, you know, I I the, the my biggest problem is having to deal with people who know me. You know, you've known me for twenty years, and you believe the president. Uh, yeah, we believe this video. Jim Acosta was – I go, look, I was standing right there. Jim Acosta was not rude and did not swing on anyone and did not do anything untoward towards this intern. The intern was you – know, no, no, I saw the info wars. You don't know what you're talking about. I go, well, <laughs> I was there, and you weren't. I have firsthand knowledge. You have at best third-hand knowledge. Someone who was there didn't tell you, which would be secondhand. Someone who wasn't there who put together a video who, who may have manipulated the video, and you saw the video on a, on a website, that's at least three or four you know, times removed from me who was there, who saw it. And I've got no compunction. If, if Jim Acosta had you know, been rude, I would go, you know what, he was a little bit rude. Jim wasn't rude. Jim did his job. And even if he were rude and he didn't manhandle anyone – you got a right to be rude. I've been called rude. That's not – you've got a right to do that. It's free speech. Now, If the person you're thing. talking to is being rude, you know, you, you may end up matching that person's tone. You know, if you he can was match speaking that nicely, then tone. the Sometimes I do, it. sometimes I don't. It depends on what right. works best for you. But the uh, bottom line is you've got the right. The government doesn't – look, if you and I get in an argument and you say, hey, Brian, shut up, then, then it's just two jerks having an argument, two people with different opinions. That's you, you know that's not I'm not impinging upon your free speech. You're not impinging upon mine. But when the government and this is the president who is the representative or the chief executive of the government tells you that you can't speak, that's a violation of the First Amendment. It's the biggest violation of the First Amendment. You've got a right to say what you want. You've got a right to assemble and say whatever in hell it is that you want to say. And if he doesn't like it, tough. 
Grow, get, exactly. get your big boy pants on and grow a set. <laughs> and meanwhile, when does that <laughs> aide lose her credentials for putting her hands on the She was an intern, and she, I, I don't fault her either. She was an intern. She's, I had only seen her one other time around the, the, the – she's new. She doesn't know what she's doing. She was trying to do what she thought was right. I, have, I harbor no ill will towards her. I, this is all on the president. Because he doesn't like us being tough on him. That's what it boils down to. He's a big fucking to. baby. That's what he is. <laughs> he is. Well, he is. And, and on that uh, note. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, uh, Brian. Brian Karam. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today, Brian Karam. Uh, be sure and check out uh, Brian's podcast, justaskthequestion.com. Oh, and I'll put, I'll put in a I'll put in a plug for that. This afternoon, we are doing an interview with Mike McCurry, who started uh, press briefings on camera with the Clinton administration. And uh, please be sure to tune in to that. That's fantastic. Thank oh, you for excellent. being such a good friend to this show, Brian. We Absolutely. I messaged you yesterday, and you were available, and I appreciate that so much. Because when, the, when it, it happened with Jim, um, the first thing I thought was, man, I, I need to get Brian's take on this. Because he was in the room. He's there in the trenches. Oh yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to duke experience. it out with him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love I your just like... experience is invaluable because you well, have access that others don't, and you're in. You have, I mean, we can only see it on TV. You're in the room and you, you're, you're there. And honestly, I would change spaces with you for one day. To I would love to get my hands on those credentials so I could get in that room just one time to ask one, one question just to get in there just to see. Honestly, I'm off to do my interview, so uh, thanks, guys. Go kill All it, right, Brian. Brian. Thank, thank you so much. Brian uh, Karam, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Tara, we're going to take a up. quick break. We're going to come right back. Tara's fired up. We're all fired up I today. Am, we're gonna I take don't know quick... how that happened. I'm telling you, you're just, you're just, letting, you're just letting loose today. Fuck him. <laughs> There, I love you. We're gonna take a quick break here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. We'll come back and wrap this up again. Uh, major props, major thanks to Brian Karam, uh, White House correspondent for Playboy magazine, um, editor, Sentinel newspapers, and uh, host of his uh, Just Ask the Question.com podcast. Make sure and check it out today. All right, right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Terror Radio, TaylorTerrorRadio.com live. We are here live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed any of the show today, and it was one heck of a show, our interview uh, with Brian Karam, he's just a, he's such an awesome guest and such an awesome friend of the show. Um, you can catch the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, TuneIn, Google Play Music, uh, just Google it. Simply Google Taylor Terror Radio, and you will see a whole page, actually two pages, full of places that you can catch the show. So um, that's nice to uh, have uh, Google creating our algorithms for us, Tara. So, um, yes. Tara, uh, I, I, you were talking during the break, and, and what – you were saying what were you, what was that question you asked Brian and me and him just okay. kind of like the thing that made us all laugh. You mean the thing that okay? So what I said to Brian Karam was, you know, we all know that the relationship between the press and Donald Trump is not going to get any better. That's when you burst yeah. out laughing. <laughs> yeah, Brian, we know that water is wet and fire is hot. Okay, <laughs> this is something we know. That that wasn't i mean obviously i don't know why that's hilarious it's just a fact and it, it's an well, unfortunate it, fact because it's because it's funny because it's right because it's so true and it's right it's funny and then it's you know and then Not. you could that's one of the things that's funny and you'll think about it later and think you know that was funny but boy how sad is that you know exactly. how sad is that and that, that we is have, why how, That's that's my point. So that's my point. My point is, you know something's not getting any better. What do you do about it? How do you deal with it? It's not like, it's not like when you're in an unhappy relationship, you can break up, you can get divorced, you can move on, you can create a new life for yourself. If you feel like we are stuck in a situation right now, we voted, but we can't get him out of office because he's stuck there. Okay. Brian Karam is not going to have a great relationship with him because he's always going to be contentious. The press is still going to be up against it. So that's why I say, you know, if you're, if this is going to be the issue, how do we deal with it? We need to change our reaction because it's like I was tweeting this morning and last night, he's not going to change. I don't know where people, people are still expecting him. Well, maybe he'll find some maturity and grow. No, he won't. He's 72 years old. When do you think he's going to find this? Crazy stuff out there on social media. Shut up. You know, I mean, if, if, if you think it's annoying to hear people talking about impeachment, that if that annoys you, you know what annoys me? People think people who say maybe he'll change. Guess what? No. He never will. This is always who he's been. This is what he will be till, the, till his last breath is drawn. He is never going to change. So if he's not going to change, we have to change. We have to change the way we approach it, deal with it, the way we process it, and the way we share it, which is why I tweeted what I tweeted. I, I firm, I, you know, I'm not saying don't cover him. Of course, you have to cover him. Change the way you cover him. Change the way you do it. Do it differently. And that's why don't broadcast him just going on and on live. You know, cut it up. You know, show, show it as an example of what is wrong, what is bad. And, I, you know, MSNBC does that very well. You know, they'll show him saying something while the Chiron says, you know, Trump lies once again or something like that. Um, yeah. So we have um, to Real quickly, 
real quickly, uh, Tara, let me uh, – I just I, – look, I haven't even looked at social media since we went on the air, and I've hardly looked at it this morning. Um, but um, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, there's a Wall Street Journal uh, article that just uh, dropped, I guess, probably an hour ago. Federal prosecutors have evidence of Trump's participation in hush money payments to women – Contradicting two years of denial by denials by Trump, his legal team, and his advisors, and raising the possibility that the president violated federal campaign finance laws. I see that now as well, and that's fantastic, and nothing will come of it. That's what we've learned. Yep, that's, yeah, right? that's great. There you go. Put you that on the pile. pile. Right? Yep. Put, that Put on it the on the pile. Put it on Put the pile. It on the pile. That ain't going to change a damn thing. Put that on your honeydew list, right? Put that on your honeydew list. Yep, Michael Michael Avenatti can tweet till he's blue in the face. Ain't nothing going to happen. Who? Yeah, who? Who? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can chalk that up to another. Throw throw that in the wood pile over there. Yeah, just throw it on on the other pile of shit that he's guilty of that no one's taking care of either. You know, the fact that he's been a walking violation of the emoluments clause, put that on the pile. Oh, my God. You know what? Then you're going to get like this. This is another. This is like another great reason for me not to look at all at social media again today. This will be like my third or fourth oh day. I, I don't oh know. My God. But I'm not going to. You know what? Everybody's going to be. Oh my God! You know all the major tweeter retweeter people. You know who they are. Yeah. I don't need to name uh-huh. them. You know the ones that nope. live and die by the retweets. I just want to. I swear, sometimes if I see them in person, I just want to. Mm. Anyways, well, good thing but they're going to be all over this, right? And me and Tara are here to tell you right now, we know better than anybody. We're both college-educated folks here. Listen to us, okay? <laughs> Tara McDougal is going to be uh, – she'll over. She'll be up like where Malibu is right now. She'll be up there here in about an hour, probably maybe not even that long. She'll be number one. All right, fine. So and, they, they found all of this out. This is, we already right. knew this, okay, but now they have the evidence. What, do, what is going to happen? Nothing. Right. Nothing. nothing. She'll trend high. Will there will be coverage? This will also distract from the Russia investigation and the Mueller investigation and the fact that he made Jeff Sessions retire and blah 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 blah. And then tomorrow it's something else, and then the next day it's something else, and that's why I'm saying if we know well, it's not you know going to Brian get better. Said, I mean, this, this is what Brian said. I mean, this is going to be the next two years. I'm so tired now. Nothing. Um, nothing. <laughs> going to get done it's going to be a i mean it brian said it nothing's going to get done it's going to be a constant fight you said it as well it's going to yep. be argument after argument it's going to be insinuation after insinuation it's going to be evidence after evidence piling upon other evidence and that's going to be it he's not getting impeached he ain't going anywhere i've said that for the months we've been on this show Doing it, I said everybody should focus on 2020, not impeaching Trump because it's not going to go nowhere um, with, you know, needing 60 votes in the Senate. Why are we even talking about this? You know, I mean, please, for God's sakes, you know, let's let's get some let's get some people out there. Let's get, you know, the Democrat. We need a platform. We need we need to know what we're running on in 2020. What's going to be our message? What's going to be, you know, what is it? It can't be, you know, a bunch of willy nilly stuff. 
it needs to be, we're going to undo all of the awful that this administration did. That's what it needs to be. You know, protecting health care. I mean, that won't be the exact You've got to have more than that. If you're going to beat him in 2020, you're going to have to have more than that. You're going to have to. Aside from walking on water, what do you want a Democrat to be able to do? Well. Well, I mean, I'm just saying you can't make 2020 a referendum on Trump. You've got to put out – I mean, you're running against him, sure, but you, you've got to put out some real policy. You've got to put out some, you know, some what are we going – you know, what are, what, are, what are we about? What is the Democratic Party for? Are we for Medicare for all or are we not? You know, are we for serious gun reform or are we not? Um, yes. Those things like that, Tara, are what make candidates and elections electric. And if you don't have any of those, if you don't have solid positions, then you're willy-nilly, and Trump's going to win in 2020, and he'll be again here for another four years, and we'll be dealing Love with this crap. Here, here's what <laughs> I would <clears> – <throat> pardon me. This is what I would like to see uh, from the outset is uh, – and I don't know how this happens – but I would love for us to find a ticket early so that we can get behind it early and be united behind that ticket. Rather, I don't want to see 16 Democrats standing on a stage fighting with each other to get the oh, nomination. Oh, you're going to see – oh, listen. I know. That's I, why I'm saying I now. have taken – let me tell you something right here, and I'll tell the listeners too. I, I can't name it. I really, I cannot name any names. But I have received over since the midterms. I have received just on myself. I've received four phone calls uh, on senators that are looking to run in that are going to run in 2020, looking to put a campaign team together. Okay, now. And these are four names. These are four names that you have not necessarily seen, unless you were paying close attention. You 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 would not. These are not household names. So you're going to tell me as soon as we're off the air. By the way, (laughs) what's that? (laughs) I'm gonna make you tell me as soon as we're off the air. Yeah, I know. I gotta. Yeah, that's why I had you sign that NDA. (laughs) <laughs> I ain't signed nothing. Um, my, okay, so I'll. I, I, I just want a united front. That's what we need, but and we no, need to get it early. No, but but let me present to you that. And you said sixteen. Yes, I mean you were kind of like, oh my god, we don't need that. Well, there's going to be that many. Well, I don't want there to be. I see that, and that's the problem, is that if there are too many, it's going to. Uh, give the Republicans a lot of a lot of stuff to throw around. You know, they can't decide anything. They are indecisive. There's infighting. That's going to be very entertaining for them. And so I would posit that it's more important for us to become a united front as early as possible, because if we have a ticket early enough, let's say by the end of 2018, we have we've decided what the ticket should be. Well, however, it's been decided that needs it needs to be a unified idea where we're all behind it, regardless of who it is. Um, all I can say right now is, if we're going to beat the Republicans in 2020, we need to have the strongest possible ticket, and we need to be very uh, strategic about it. 
Um, aside from the experience of the candidates, we have to be careful about the optics of the candidates and what this country is going to be expecting from a Democratic 2020 ticket. So there needs to be a person of color on that ticket, and there needs to be somebody who has uh, a fresh approach to doing things because clearly the old Democratic ways weren't working, and we need to... <clears throat> Bring in something and where we have maybe battle, a balance of old and new, begin, old and young, that, black and white. You just, what balance. you just described, what you just described right there is therein lies the the division that me and Elena was talking about in this Democratic right. Party. You're, you're right. not. You have a very progressive side of this party. There are a number of people out there. People that even fly under the radar that you might not have heard of. Or you know who they are, but you're thinking, really, that person's that progressive? Yes, there's right. a lot of those. There's a lot of let, let me say this: there's a lot of Bernie people out there, and a lot more oh, than yeah. you think there. There is. There's a lot more than people realize. No, no Bernie. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. no. It's not gonna happen. Gonna have but people, I love you all. I love. <clears throat> Listen, you're gonna have an all-out war in this party before shit settles. That's why some people would say there should be a third option. Uh, They're almost – Listen. Tara, there almost needs to be. There almost needs to be like a a complete showdown. You know, uh, one of those, you know, like uh, they do in the wrestling, you know, one of those cage matches where (laughs) they just throw everybody in there together. And whoever comes out on – you know, whoever beats the crap out of whoever and climbs at the top of the cage – you know, gets the gets the winner. You know, gets to run. Well, I That's ain't gonna Bernie what... Sanders. <laughs> You're not See, beating up hey, anybody. This country is not going to elect a Jew as president. And I'm speaking as a Jew. This country is not going to elect a Jew as president. It's just not. Nope. Not in our lifetime. Well, they. Said, I firmly hey, believe you know this. What they, said we, they said we'd never elect a Catholic, and we elected John Kennedy. Yeah, well, a Jew is totally different. You can't tell it me was. it's not different. It's completely different, and it's Bernie Sanders. He's he's not he is not enough of a uniting presence. Remember, let's remember. Let's remember. People dismiss that, but let's remember how big of a deal that was. I studied in studied that extensively in graduate school. Let's remember how big of a deal it was made. That oh God, if we elect a Catholic, if we elect Kennedy. Then the Vatican is going to be controlling the United States. The Pope is really <laughs> going to be the president. Don't you remember? We were. Come on now. Let's remember our history. Well, I remember. Here. No, I wasn't born yet, but yes, I recall from history reading that yes, that was an issue back in 1960. Uh, it being 2018, I still firmly believe no one's going to be electing a Jew. I mean, they might, but it won't be Bernie Sanders. He's too polarizing. Our party needs somebody that is not that polarizing on the ticket in 2020. We need uniting presences. You want to make a bet right now that I bet you right now, I bet you right now, I will bet you on the air right now, I bet you $100 that Bernie Sanders is running in 2020. I'm not saying he's not running, but I'm saying he should not be on the Democratic presidential ticket. And if he he would just run as an independent I'm tired of him co-opting the Democratic Party for his own personal needs and cherry-picking it and using it to boost his uh, 
profile. That's exactly what he did. He's not a true Democrat. I'm okay with that. If you're a Democratic I mean, Socialist, let's... go create a Democratic Socialist Party. Don't run on the Democratic ticket. Do your own thing, Bernie. Go oh. be independent. I encourage it. There's your third option. Let Bernie Sanders be the third option then. He's not the main option. He's too polarizing. Look, Tara, he has too much. People, uh, not enough people here, like him. Tara said 16. Huh? Listen, there's going to be that many. There's going to be at least 16, if not 20. And people are saying, well, which one? look, if you're, you know, look, even you not just a real lay person in politics, but somebody that if you're active in social media and politics and whatever, and you read and you could come up with 10 off the top of your head. Just, I'll just think for a little bit. You could come up with 10 easy. You could come up with the easy 10 of people that, that, that would run in 20. You could come up with the easy 10 easy. Absolutely. But yes, once easy. you do that, I, I still, I here, here's this. I would like to see it settled early enough in the process that we can have a unifying front as early as possible. There's no reason to drag out primary season. There's no reason to have 15 debates among the candidates. Well, let's get it done quick and get it done early. Well, we should, take a, we, we should take a we should take a glance at, at you know what when the Republicans um, put forth. Um, however many was it, 14, 15 uh, initially uh, candidates um, in, in 2016, um, and they ended up with Trump. <laughs> well, he had a little out of help, all those didn't people, he? Out of all those people, out of all those people, all y'all dumbass Republicans out there put Trump up there. <laughs> He had some help from Daddy Vlad. Let's wrap this mess up, shall we, and go have a weekend. We could have lived with anybody else up there on that stage. Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, hell, even Ted Cruz. John Kasich. John Kasich. John Kasich. John Kasich would have been an amazing. Oh, my God. No, no. Lindsey Graham. Anybody. No. See, now you're just saying <laughs> shit. No. John Kasich no, or I mean, Jeb you know, Bush. That Jeb was, Bush. To me, those were the only viable two options in 26, in, for the 2016 Republican ticket. For me personally, it was, I said, Jeb Bush or John Kasich, anybody else, it's going to be a joke. And it's going to be awful and it's going to be terrible. And as we watch well, them drop like flies, we're like, how? But, how is this happening? But be honest. Now nobody would be like there. There's nobody up. There was nobody else on that stage, at that at at that first debate, that you could have said right now. If you look back on you, you look back on just a picture of that first Republican uh, uh, debate, and said to yourself, you know what, anybody up on this stage would be better than Donald Trump. I can look at that picture and say that anybody up here would be better than Don. That rock over there laying on the floor. Would be better than Donald Trump. Oh yeah, that's Trump. the running joke. Here's a potted plant who would be better. Here's you know a light bulb that would be better. <clears throat> that's not the issue. But we also have to remember, if you want to look back to 2016 primary season, now we know he had help. He had help yeah. beating these people. But he might, had help but knocking also, them out of the way. You can also take that. All that is a, something else. You can chunk that over in the wood pile. And and because that doesn't yeah, no one's doing anything about that either. 
Right, exactly. And what Tara, an optimistic are... way to end a week of shows here at Taylor and Tara Radio. There Good will be God, nothing who knows done. what the weekend will bring. Me and Tara are telling everyone, basically what we're telling everyone is to save your time, um, <clears throat> save your mind, enjoy the weekend, enjoy this, this wonderful fall weather because everything that you see – like trending on on Twitter right now, Karen McDougal, Russia, whatever that might be, none of that stuff's ever going to happen. It's n- nothing's going to be done about it. It's just all great fodder, and that's all it is. Okay, nothing's going to change. The only thing that's going to change is in 2020, and we beat this man. That's it. None of this other stuff. Russia impeachment, Karen McDougal, blah 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 blah. Every shiny toy in the world. Nothing's going. To, I mean, seriously. We're laughing. I have never here, been. Exactly. I'm just grateful that weed is legal here in where I live. <laughs> because if it wasn't, I would obtain I it illegally grateful. because there's literally I no other way to get through this shit. I am grateful that I am strong in my sobriety today. And, I am and grateful for that too, Jason. I'm so grateful you're strong in your sobriety because this would yeah. test this would test yeah. anybody. This tests everybody's metal. And this even yeah. the strongest among us. We have our moments yeah. where we're screaming into pillows. So um, as we face this weekend, I, don't I really don't. I do. I turn it off. I, 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 I you have to. I, you know, you know I do, and you do. Too. You've got. I know you started, do. We. I turn it off. I, I really. I swear to God. The problem just, is when you turn it off, and then you go back five hours later. There's a million new things that you have to process. I don't go back. So I either, go back a couple few days later. And and yeah. I don't I mean I'll go and read the newspapers I'll go and read the Times I'll read the Chronicle I'll read you know the Washington Post whatever I'll go and read all my newspapers that I read daily and I read a lot of them and um, when I get up in the morning with my coffee it's like that's part of my beginning of my day is reading you know Houston Chronicle and reading the New York Times so um, I read everything there. I know what's going to be happening for the day, basically, oh, you know, on social media. So there's no need for me to look. So that kind of, you know, I'm like, I can see the juicy stuff. And I'm like, well, that's going to be trending there today. And this right here. And then, you know, whatever kind of wild shit Trump decides to do at any given moment, um, you know, could be you know, all of a sudden become, you know, the, the fodder for the day, you know, like the Acosta thing and the intern. Right. Well, we'll we got to go. What we get. We got to go. Here's, I have already set up some social things for myself for tomorrow and Sunday so that I'm not looking at the, at the garbage fire for just a little bit. <laughs> and I, I recommend everybody do the same and go get out of your domicile and go hang out with a human being that you enjoy being in their company, a child, yeah. a best friend, a boyfriend, a, a go dancing, go karaoke, go, go out, get away from your screens, go do something, go see the new movie about Freddie Mercury. It's not the greatest movie ever made. And it's a good PG 13 retelling of an X rated life. You can go listen to queen music for two hours. That felt great when I did that last Saturday. So go, go, go feel good because you know, even soldiers get a furlough. Um, get get out of the trenches for a little bit and remember oh, what it's God. like to live. Do not, please, do not give these people on social media anymore. I like they think they're like soldiering on for this country on yeah, Twitter. Stop. My it's God, a, it's no. a metaphor. Please, I know it is, but please, some people will take it. Have a wonderful weekend, it, no. my friend. 
Everyone have a wonderful weekend. If you miss any of this incredibly, like, energetic show, you can catch it right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com in about 15 minutes. And uh, all of your favorite podcasting listening platforms, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Spreaker, we're everywhere. Just search Taylor Terra Radio. We'll see everyone bright and early Monday. Everyone have a great weekend. A rumor's been around 